Welcome to the OIS Podcast, where you get candid conversations with the leaders and drivers of ophthalmic innovation. And now, here's our host, Tom Salemi. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the OIS Podcast. This is your host, Tom Salemi. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the recent uh, visits with the Masters of the Universe. I'm very grateful that they all took some time to uh, sit down and chat with me at OIS at ASCRS. Uh, if you haven't listened to those interviews, of course, go on OIS.net. You can find the podcasts and you can find the videos. Uh, those were video interviews. So if you want to see as well as hear uh, from the Masters of the Universe, please uh, click on those videos and enjoy the interview. Today, we're going to get back into tales of innovation. We're looking early stage, and I'm speaking specifically with uh, Aldera Therapeutics. Uh, its CEO, Todd Brady, is uh, is actually a, an acquaintance of mine. We talked to a few times when I used to uh, write for other magazines, and Todd was with uh, Domain Associates. Well, Todd joined uh, Aldera as CEO and president, and uh, it's uh, a great story that I hope you'll enjoy. Uh, Aldera is uh, is dealing with a technology, and, I, and I'll, I'll let Todd tell the whole story, but it's uh, called the uh, Aldehyde Trap, and uh, it's got a product, Aldera does, called NS2 that has really broad uh, applications, and it had some success recently in clinical trials uh, for uh, both uh, allergic conjunctivitis, and uh, non-infectious interior uveitis, uh, both phase two trials. And actually, uh, the first was a phase two A tri- uh, phase two A trial. But uh, Aldera's got, uh, has a great technology that's producing great clinical results. Recently raised some money. It's a publicly traded company, raised $12 million in a, in a financing. And uh, it has a very, very broad pipeline. It's uh, certainly has uh, a lot going on, and Todd will uh, get into its various programs, its applications in ophthalmology, and how it actually might find applications outside of ophthalmology. So hope you enjoy this conversation with Todd Brady of Aldera. All right, well, Todd Brady, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's nice to have you. I know we've uh, we've talked to each other a few times in our previous lives. Uh, you at Domain and me at OIS. So it's a, it's a small world after all, I guess. Well, it's great to reconnect. <laughs> let's uh, let's catch up on uh, on Aldera. You had some uh, clinical news lately. Uh, can you fill us in on uh, on that front? We've had a big year, Tom. We've had uh, actually two positive uh, phase two studies read out in the eye. Uh, we have, uh, as you know, a novel product called NS2, topical ocular formulation of a novel aldehyde trap. And uh, we released data back in February showing that NS2 is effective and clinically and other ways in terms of reducing uh, the symptoms associated with allergic conjunctivitis. And then also uh, last month uh, in anterior uveitis, where we compared NS2 to um, topical steroids. Uh, which are, of course, the gold standard for therapy. And I guess the problem with steroids is they're toxic. And so the fact that NS2 had demonstrated efficacy equivalent to steroids in this study is a real home run and I think a major advance for the industry because it represents a novel, non-toxic approach to treating uh, uveitis. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, you know, I think, Tom, that together these data are really interesting because 
Uh, if you think about allergy or allergic conjunctivitis, that's one side of inflammation, sort of a so-called TH2-dominated disease. And then autoimmune disease, uveitis, and, and that ilk is more TH1-dominated and sort of the other end of the spectrum. And I, I tell people it's like getting uh, Bernie Sanders and Ted Cruz to vote together on the same bill <laughs> in favor of the thing. So every other disease really in the inflammatory world in the eye is, is some combination of this. And, and so I think uh, NS2 has really proven that um, it has broad applicability across the, uh, the whole inflammatory spectrum in the eye. And how, how difficult is it to, to run trials in this space? Uh, is it, uh, is it, are the endpoints pretty clear cut? Is, is patient uh, recruitment pretty easy? Physician recruitment easy? What's it like? Well, I, I got to tell you, I've been in drug development a long time and, and worked with a variety of different companies. The eye is a wonderful organ to test, right, for a couple of reasons. One is, is you can treat it topically often, especially for anterior diseases. And two is you can measure the effects, uh, the clinical effects, uh, fairly easily and, and non-invasively. And so we're thrilled to be working in the eye. And, and, and this is one of the few um, programs ever that have actually started in the eye and will probably migrate to other parts of the body uh, pending continued clinical success. So we're thrilled to be in the eye. Allergic conjunctivitis is a, is a very common disease, as you know, and, and that's easy to recruit. In fact, I think upwards of 20% of the world has some form of allergic conjunctivitis. Anterior uveitis is a different animal. That's a rare disease. Uh, depending on which uh, data you use, there's probably somewhere between 25,000 and 150,000 patients in the U.S. that have some form of anterior uveitis, but it's rare and um, obviously uh, harder to recruit just given the, um, the prevalence and incidence of the flares. Tell us a bit about, uh, about your lead product and, and the aldehyde trap. What, what is it? How does that work? How did you come upon it? And, and, and what does it do in, 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 treating, uh, in treating everything you're trying to treat with it? Yeah, you know, back when you and I first crossed paths, uh, when I was on the venture side at, at Domain Associates, we came across this deal in 2005. Wow. And uh, it was a group of, um, of, uh, of founders who really came up with this notion of trapping aldehydes. Um, uh, they happened to be thinking more about retinal disease, but the same concept applies not only in the eye, but elsewhere in the body as well. Aldehydes are toxic. And we all generate aldehydes. We all have literally hundreds of different kinds of enzymes designed exclusively to get rid of aldehydes. So um, the other key thing about aldehydes is if left unchecked, they are pro-inflammatory. Uh, we believe that um, aldehydes uh, are part of a novel and complex signaling mechanism that leads to um, inflammasome activation that leads to transcription factor activation that then leads to cytokines. And uh, interestingly, that whole inflammatory response leads to more aldehydes. So there's a cycle here where aldehydes are leading to inflammation, which leads to more aldehydes and so forth. And I think when you, when you consider how we uh, as the medical community have approached inflammation, We've largely been focused on very nonspecific mechanisms like aspirin and steroids, but also anti-cytokine mechanisms, so Humira, Inbrel, and some of the largest selling classes of drugs in the world are focusing on those particular targets, that is cytokines. No one has ever focused on cytokines. 
So not only uh, from 2005 on did we develop uh, a new class of molecules that are novel, but we are also the first company that we're aware of to uh, initiate a concerted effort in trapping aldehyde. So we have a novel target and a novel class of drugs designed to mitigate that target. And I think we've so shown with the data that we just talked about a, a minute or two ago that uh, this is meaningful in human disease, and it's broadly meaningful in ocular inflammation. Is it easier to sell a story that, that has a real distinct uh, and new and novel approach, uh, or, or, uh, or does it, is it harder to sell because it's so unusual and people might not be familiar with the mechanisms behind it? Boy, I'd say that's a great question. Uh, before you have clinical data, it is, a, it is a difficult process. It's all fine and good to stand up and say, we've got something new and interesting. But until you've proven that it's interesting and meaningful to patients and physicians, it's, um, it's a difficult pioneering process. Uh, after you've proven this, though, and I think we have, I think we've done it twice this year, then it becomes really interesting because if the mechanism is completely unique, and, and we believe this is, then you, in theory, any physician could layer an aldehyde trap on top of existing therapy, whether it be steroids or antihistamines or whatever it is, for patients that either aren't responsive to standard of care or fully or sufficiently responsive to standard of care or are experiencing toxicity due to standard of care. And this is the issue with steroids, by the way. Everyone knows in the sure. eye, steroids are, are completely toxic, right? I mean, you've got cataracts, you've got glaucoma, you've got increased rates of infection, you've got corneal thinning and ulceration. I mean, from a toxicity standpoint, steroids are a disaster. Uh, they work, but they're a disaster toxicologically. And thus, I think uh, a new mechanism, a new approach that you could layer onto steroids or at least replace steroids with initially is really valuable, especially now that we've got clinical data to support that. We're going to take a quick break from this talk with Todd Brady at Aldera to remind you to go to ois.net for information about our upcoming OIS, which is in August, uh, OIS at ASRS. Uh, we're uh, getting strong registrations on there already, and uh, we're going to be posting more information about the agenda as we get it, and we'll be focusing on some of the, uh, the companies and technologies that uh, we'll be looking at at that conference in the podcast in future weeks. So go to OIS.net, check out it for information about OIS at ASRS. Uh, keep, keep looking, and of course, we hope to uh, see you there in San Francisco. Now back to this conversation. So are, are the phase two results, is, is that the tipping point that you need, to, to, or do you need to go all the way to, to prove that this technology is more than just a, a novel approach? Well, I don't know how many drugs in the eye have demonstrated positive phase two data that go on to fail mm -hmm. later on. But I, I got to believe that in this case, when you can show statistically significant changes in itching and tearing and allergic conjunctivitis, and you can, even in a small study, show that you can reduce cell count in the anterior chamber just as well as gold standard steroids, I got to believe that that really bodes well for larger versions of phase two, which is really what phase three is. We're, we're really intending to change very little as we move towards phase three this year. 
and and our hope is that the data continue to translate like they have in phase two and into phase three. And you know whether or not um, uh, physicians and and strategics and others are excited by the phase two data, and I think they are. Uh, we're moving ahead, and we're going to continue to advance these programs. And not only that, we've announced that we're going to move into other ocular inflammatory diseases. Um, and and the end game, I think, is to bring to market a completely new approach that not only can assist in in, in treating and curing diseases, but also reduce the the toxicology burden on patients that we have today, primarily due to steroids. Just looking at your your website and the pipeline, you've got six different projects and a, and a seventh item that just says various. <clears throat> Are you able to? How are you maintaining all these, tr- managing all these trials uh, simultaneously? Is that challenging, or because of the nature of your technology, it, it actually is allows for for managing this many uh, this many trials at the same time? I think it's doable. Uh, it's always easy to throw in various at the end. <laughs> I think it's doable. I think in this case, um, to date, we have focused on aldehyde trapping. Mm-hmm. I, I, so, so in in the most simplistic way, uh, there's one mechanism in this whole company, which is which is a an, an aldehyde trap. I think you could divide that further into two camps. One is inflammation that we've talked about. The other is are these inborn errors of metabolism, or more specifically, inborn errors of aldehyde metabolism, where there's a group of uh, groups of of uh, uh, patients, which unfortunately are very rare, uh, that have genetic mutations in aldehyde metabolizing enzymes. And because these patients can't metabolize aldehydes, the aldehyde load is very high. And that leads to all sorts of badness. So that's really the other side of our business is more of an orphan slash, if you will, enzyme replacement therapy approach where an aldehyde trap would really compensate for the lost function of um, of the enzymes that are mutated in these patients, so it's all related to the same general concept, and, mm-hmm. and I think it's uh, because a lot of these diseases are very rare. I think it's even for a small company like us. I think it's quite doable. That's exciting. Do you do you anticipate holding on to the rights of all these products, or is this is your model uh, rely upon partnering with uh, with larger entities to to take this across the finish line, or take something across the finish line? Well, I've I've learned over the years, as you know, that, that relying on much of anything is difficult. In this industry. <laughs> so we have we have um, uh, run the business as if we are a go it alone and standalone entity. Uh, we just closed uh, uh, financing a week or two ago uh, along those lines. We're fully capable and uh, intend to move forward um, uh, by ourselves. I I think we would. Consider, of course, um, uh, uh, OUS or outside U.S. Um, partnerships, certainly in the eye. Uh, whether we do that in, in rare uh, orphan and genetic diseases is a whole other discussion. I, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot less likely, but um, uh, we're, we're certainly willing to consider partnerships outside the U.S. at this point. And, and you mentioned the, the capital raise. What was, uh, how much did you raise and what was that process like? So we closed on um, just around uh, $12 million net, a little bit more than that. Uh, that's really what we needed mm-hmm. to 
advance the program. As, as we've discussed, I've, I've been an investor a long time, and I, I don't like dilution more than anyone else. And I, I, I think that um, uh, what we need to do is uh, advance the ball down the field in the ocular space. We need to perform the next phase two, three type studies in conjunction with our colleagues at the FDA in Washington. And uh, what the amount of money we needed to do that was in the $10 million range. So we closed on a little bit more and look forward to um, to starting those trials. And uh, the public market's reception to ophthalmology, is it, are you feeling there's any sort of surge in interest in, in uh, ophthalmology startups or ophthalmology big players uh, on the public market? Is it a sector that is uh, is generally positively favored? I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think ophthalmology is, is fascinating because it, historically, uh, there it, it hasn't been a ton of innovation in the space. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of the drugs, as I mentioned previously, that get to the eye have been inherited from other parts of the body. Steroids are a great example, right? Um, cyclosporin. Other examples, I mean, it just seems like uh, in the end, uh, the eye is an afterthought in terms of innovation and drug development. Um, we're really proud to start out in the eye. We're proud to have discovered and tested and initially proven in early clinical trials that this um, this drug is important and, and clinically meaningful. And then maybe we'll expand elsewhere in the body. I think investors generally have resonated with this concept um, the the other beauty of ocular disease, Tom, is that you can you can approach um, the physicians fairly easily, right? There is a group of physicians in the U.S. that are that are, even for a small company are approachable in terms of a sales force, and um, uh, many of them focus on the front of the eye, and many of them focus on the back of the eye, and uh, the kind of drug you have sort of dictates uh, which kind of sales force you hire. But to, commercially, it's something that's uh, quite feasible even for smaller groups. Now, that is something you hear of uh, companies of every size, just the, the ophthalmology still seems to be a sector where there's, a, and we try to foster that at OIS, a, a bit of a collegial attitude between clinicians and, and, and corporations or in startups. Yes. Yep. And, and we, we appreciate that concept. And I, and I think you're absolutely right. I think that it's one of the few areas where even at an early stage, there's a nice, uh, relationship, I think, between industry and, and academics, both, both 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 small and large companies and, and the academic sector. And um, we, we actually look forward to seeing more innovation, not just from us, but other companies as well, um, dedicated to the ocular space. And just finally, how did you uh, find your way to take over this company that was uh, once a portfolio company? And, and how did you get uh, Aldera onto the, uh, onto the public markets? Well, Taking it over wasn't my master plan. <laughs> uh, you know how it is in venture uh, as um, CEOs uh, come and go for, for better opportunities or worse. It's uh, sometimes the right thing to do to, to as the largest investor to step in and, and to run the company on an interim basis. And that's exactly what we did at Domain. Um, I think what happened in the case of Aldera is the data kept coming in on the preclinical side, and they looked better and better and better. And uh, uh, finally, I held up my hand and changed my title to entrepreneur in residence. And and um, 
we had inbound calls from investment bankers based on the data and the potential in the clinic and the potential for orphan disease and ocular disease. And um, we eventually filed to go public back in 2014 and maybe even late 13. And at that point, um, it's it's time to move on. So uh, I am absolutely thrilled to be here. I have a, a great and longstanding and continuing relationship um, with my friends at Domain and, and still involved in several of their companies. Uh, but I, I got to say, from a personal standpoint, it's 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 great and and so fulfilling to be part of a biotech company that is completely innovative and doing something completely new. And even if we're just a little bit right, uh, we could have a major impact. I think in not only patient care, but also the way we think about inflammatory disease or some of these orphan diseases of uh, these inborn errors in metabolism. And that in itself is is very gratifying. Now, I imagine it must be uh, it must be exciting to be swinging for the fences like you are. So uh, appreciate your sharing the story uh, with us today. Well, thank you, Todd Brady, for joining us on the podcast. It was great to reconnect, and so glad to hear Aldera is doing well. And uh, thank you, of course, to our listeners for joining us again for a tale of innovation. A reminder, go to OIS.net. Not only can you find out information about OIS at ASRS, but you can sign up for the Eye on Innovation newsletter, which will send you, which will send you to your inbox. Uh, our unique uh, reporting on ophthalmology, these uh, podcasts or future podcasts, as well as uh, video content from our recent OIS at ASCRS in New Orleans. So again, go to OIS.net. You'll find uh, a lot of great contact content and of course information about our upcoming ois at asrs we hope you register so we can see you in san francisco